Father, we come before you in our brokenness, but you already know who we are in our inner core. So Father, we just take down our mask and we're ourselves and we admit that we are human beings and we're prone to making mistakes and we need help and we're not God. So help us not to play God and just be ourselves and to enjoy being the human being that you created us. Help us to stop all the doing, Father, but to find peace, who we are in our relationship with you. Thank you for each and every person that is here. Father, may they hear your voice and you calling their name. And once again, may they know that they're a special child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The more I study about God, the more I study about psychology and theology, the more I study about, you know, I mean, the how God works in terms of healing and everything. God is an amazing God, and the gospel that we have is a beautiful gospel. Amen? Because our God is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Anyone against being beautiful? No. Okay. <laughs> And with that in mind, let's go to our uh, first uh, text that uh, I mentioned here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. I gave you a handout, handout to keep you awake. <laughs> okay, keep you awake so that you can follow along and everything. Okay, and let's read this passage together. Let's read this passage together. To prepare God's people for works of service may be built up until we all become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be what? That's an important, important word. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things what? Grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, and joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I mean, it just takes a whole hour to talk about it. <laughs> but I'm going to just run through it very, very quickly. And what, what this passage has to say about uh, breakthrough, and it has to say about maturity, and so forth. Okay, first of all, it says, the Christian life is a life of pursuing what? Pursuing maturity. Christian life is a life of pursuing maturity. Okay? And then, the goal of maturity, because it is, it is talking about what? Being built up and being growing up and growing and build and, you know, leading away the childhood issues and infantile stage and all that. It is about growing up. It is about maturing. And then what is the goal of our maturity? It says what? Attaining to the what? Full whole major of the fullness of God. So I always tell my wife that, you know, you better, you better hang out with me because best is yet to come. You know what I mean? You waited this long, right? <laughs> to see the product of your labor, so you better hang around, you know? <laughs> so, so our goal of maturity is what? Is to reach to the what? Fullness of God, which is what? Is there an end to it or no end to it? There's an end to it, no end to it. So then Christian life is a journey of maturity growing from eternity to eternity. We're growing all the time. 
And that's what Christian life is all about. So don't be so dismayed or disappointed when things don't work out. You have a breakdown in your life. Why? Because it is an ongoing thing. Amen? It's an ongoing thing. Okay? Sometimes I felt like, oh, I messed up on my sermon. Man, how did I, you know, really goof up like that? I really, really, you know, didn't do a good job and all that. You know, sometimes I beat myself up really hard, you know? But whenever I do that, I have to remind myself to realize what? There's always another sermon coming up. <laughs> you can make up for it. You can make up for it. Okay? So it's an ongoing journey of growth toward the what? Toward Christ. It's the fullness of Christ. Think about it. We're going to grow from eternity to eternity. Amen? How many of you believe that even after we go to heaven, we'll continue to grow? Amen? Continue to grow. Somebody says that I don't give up on me because I am not finished yet. Amen? Amen. So it's an ongoing growth that God wants us to experience. What is the nature of maturity? This is a very important aspect I want to mention. It says, number one, it's ongoing, like I said. And here, built up and grow up and growing and building up is a, is a, a perfect hourish tense in Greek, which means it has been, it is, it is ing, and then it will continue. So it's an ongoing thing. Ongoing thing, okay? So it is ongoing, and then second one. What's the nature of our Christian growth and maturity? What's the second one? You may not be able to get that. If you get that, I'm going to have to give you something. <laughs> it's ongoing, and then what? Circumstance. Circular. Circular. In that, in that, our growth in Jesus Christ is something that is what? Ever getting? Deepening. Ever getting deepening, circular, ever getting deepening, ever getting ongoing, ever getting deepening. And then what is number third one? Third one. It talks about what? It says, I will be growing, I will be growing, or we will be growing. We will be growing. Yes, it's corporate. You got it. Corporate. That is so important. There is no way I can grow on my own. I need you to grow me. And you need me to grow you. We need each other. We need, as fallen as we may be, we need each other to grow together. So it's a corporate thing. And that's so important. That's why I want to mention about Journey of Wholeness that it, it has both out there. She's one of my team. And we started the Journey of Wholeness program in our Advent Disciples Center where a group of uh, courageous people come together and they're willing to talk about their issues. With, with no inhibition, you know, with no, uh, you know, no uh, shame, they want to open up themselves. They want to be vulnerable and transparent being able to talk about it. You know why being open is so important? Of course, you don't want to be open to anybody, everybody. But you, you need to make sure that you're part of the healthy and secure and safe kind of environment. But when you're part of that you know, secure and safe environment, we need to open up and share our struggles, our you know, agonies, or our grief, and our sadness, our anger, and our, our you know, life. We need to be able to talk about it. You know? It's so important. Why? 
Why? Because you cannot not only grow on your own, but you cannot grieve by yourself. There is no such thing as grieving by yourself. In order to grieve, you need the presence of the other person. And then dealing with angers, even dealing with angers. It is one thing for me to say, I'm angry, but it is quite another for you to go to a group and say, you know what, I'm so angry. Oh, I understand. I empathize with you. I don't judge you. I don't put you down. We get angry. Even Jesus was angry. <laughs> and we talk about our angers. Whatever the issues that we may have. You know, I, I, first time I went to the journey of wholeness, I sat down, and then Harleen Smith came up, and she sat down, and with everybody else, when I go in there, I'm no longer a pastor. Too bad. I can't be a pastor there. So I go in there as one of those, you know, colleagues, and then she said, she uttered this word, I'm a child of God. I'm recovering. Alcoholic or whatever. Then you, you kind of start thinking about, like, what do, I, what do I need to say? I'm a child of God. I'm a broken pastor. <laughs> I didn't know that I was even broken. I was a people pleaser. And I was going everywhere. I was not grounded in my life. You know what? When you start talking about it, when you start talking about it, you start realizing that you're not the only one. You're part of the whole thing. And then there's an encouragement and there's an inspiration and there's a presence of the Holy Spirit joining everyone together. We're going to talk about that, okay? So corporate, three things, ongoing and then circular and then what? Corporate, which is really, really important. God uses the weak human being to heal the weak person. God uses the broken to heal the broken. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he talks about that. Okay, and then let, let's move on. Missing ingredients. What are the missing ingredients? And it is kind of repeating the same thing. Number one is God connection, right? It says, it is very important, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. So join, we need to join with Christ. He is the head. And then we need to be joined with what? one another and sense of belonging is so important in our lives i don't know if i told you a story about my mother i have a um, you know stepmother i don't like to call her stepmother she's my real mother you know my mother died a long time ago so i have a new mother so when i get to heaven i get to hand in hands with two mothers wouldn't that be amazing and then i'm going to be able to introduce them to each other I hope they will not have issues with each other. <laughs> and then I will say, if they have issues, I say, too late, too late, okay? <laughs> you made it anyway, you know? <laughs> and then my mother, my new mother, came to our house, and little did I know that she never, she's been with us for more than 30 years. You know what I mean? I was 17. My youngest brother was like uh, 12 years old. So she basically grew my brother and sisters, you know, grew up to be a great, you know, a servant of God, and then we honor her, but then for a long time, my mother never, ever felt belonged to my family. She felt like I'm an outsider. You know, I am not their real mother, you know? And so what do I do? When I heard that, it made me really sad. 
I said, I wanted to bless her, but you cannot say, hey, you belong here, mom. You know, you can't give someone belonging that way. And so my father died. My father died three to three, four years ago. When my father died, I had to go to a funeral home and then a mortuary. And then, you know, people in the mortuary, they were trying to sell something, right? And so, uh, so they were like, uh, you know what, um, don't get offended, but, you know, you can save some money. And uh, while we dig a hole for your dad, if you want to bury your mom with him later on, not that you need to hurry up and die, but, you know, we want to make sure that we dig, you know, further, deeper, and then you'll be able to bury, you know, bury your mom and your dad together. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's, that's something that I never thought about. And so I asked my mom, who was sitting there, my mom, would you like to be buried with, with, with you know, with my dad. She couldn't say anything, you know, she was agitating. And my brother came from Korea, and he wasn't saying anything, but he didn't look happy about that idea. Because in Korea, in Korea, we're still under this Confucianistic, you know, value system, and you don't bury a husband underneath of a wife. <laughs> so when you bury them together in Korea, you bury them like this, not this way. But in America, you know, Economic, economical, making it economical is all about America, right? So, so we bury it like this. So my, my brother was very unhappy. My sister was unhappy. And so unhappy that my, my brother walked out. <laughs> and then, well, before he walked out, I said, Mom, I think we're going to bury you with the father. So please dig deeper. And then I saw the, I saw the sparkle on my mom's eyes. And then after that, her attitude toward us totally changed. And then you know what happened? You know what happened? When we allowed her to be buried with my father, she said for the first time in her life, she felt like now she belonged. <laughs> belonged. I want to tell you, sense of belonging is so important. We belong to Christ. We belong to one another. You know what I mean? And that's what we desire to uh, create here. Uh, God connection and then people connection. And then lastly, I want to talk about this. What is, the, what is the beginning point of breakthrough? Where do we experience breakthrough in our lives? This may be a good news for you. Where do you think you and I can experience breakthrough in our lives? Are you ready for this? In a place of? In a place of? I gave it away. <laughs> you experience breakthrough in a place of what? Breakdown. Breakdown. And so then, whatever the breakdown that you may have, we may have in our lives, that is the very place you and I can experience what? Breakthrough. Are you ready for that? Amen. Amen? Yeah, that's all you, we need, you know, just where we are in a place of breakdown is a place where you and I experience breakdown in our lives, okay? Now, to understand how this breakthrough works in our lives, are you guys okay? Are you handling it okay? It's pretty hot, it's pretty hot. I may want to take off my, but I cannot. <laughs> okay, there are four levers of control center in our brain. To understand breakthrough, we need to understand our brain, okay? There are four parts of the brain that, 
that becomes a control center in our brain. And then there's a, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a, a blue part. Number four is highest in terms of uh, control. And then number three and two and one. And let's just move on very quickly. Okay, number one is the level where you and I begin to have basic attachment with our parents. This is attachment level where the, where the child is in mother's womb to begin with, and then that, you know, that kind of connection the child feels with the mother uh, through senses, through senses, through smelling things, through hearing things, through the five senses, the child begins to feel connected to the mother. And then there's a sense of play. You know, when mother is joyous and happy singing song, and the child becomes happy and so on. Tone of voice becomes very important. And the sense of affection that you feel. So this is more of a primitive and then primary level, right? The child feels connected. And that's number one level, uh, which is called a thalamus is an area where a child experiences all this. And then you move on, evaluation level, where good and bad gets uh, discerned and so on. And then move on on the third level, you gain a sense of direction in your life, right? And then that's important. And then you can forget everything else, but I want you to remember fourth level, which is the what? Top captain of the control center. This is the level where actually persons, what? We, person's identity is determined, okay? I want you to be really, really interested in uh, learning about this. Okay, so fourth level is the identity level, I call it, and it, it happens in an orbital prefrontal cortex. Right behind of here, there's an area in our brain where one develops a sense of what? Identity about self. Isn't that fascinating? But I want to tell you something really fascinating about this is what's happening here, okay? While most of the brain stops growing at certain stages of development, all the other parts stop growing at the age of two or three, the brains, they call it joy center, <laughs> located in the right prefrontal cortex, is the only section of the brain that what? never loses its capacity to grow. Wow! Number four level is the level where there's a prefrontal cortex you know, reside, and that's a level where it's called joy center, and it never stops growing. And then it is the one section of the brain that retains the ability to grow for our entire lives, which means that joy strength can always continue to develop. Wow! So, Without going any further, sense of having a sense of identity is so important. And I'm going to talk about this whole week. I'm going to talk about you know, identity, how it is related to Holy Spirit's work and all that. So you want to, you want to join me. You want to continue to with us, okay? It's like a Korean drama. It gets better and better. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay. You want to hang on, okay? I'm going to fist just when you want to know the next part, right? <laughs> but I want to tell you that you and I are created to have this kind of, you know, identity that that sense of identity that continues to grow, you become stronger and stronger in terms of your identity. Well, what is that identity is all about? You'll be very fascinated. When, when I talk about identity, you may think of what? Ethnic identity or some other sense of identity. But it is non 
other than this kind of identity. Identity that is wrought by what? Sense of being loved. What is your identity? If I were to ask you, what is your identity? And then if you can say, well, I am the beloved, that's the, that's the greatest way to define one's identity, okay? I want you to look at each other and say, what is your identity? Ask the question to each other. And then you can say, I am the beloved. Come on, come on, say to each other, what is your identity? I am the beloved. <laughs> when you say, I, well, what is your identity? I am the beloved. And when you say, I am the beloved, the people don't believe in it enough, right? You're like, I'm the beloved. I'm the beloved. <laughs> but we're going to talk about that. I, I got so fascinated about this because, because God wants us to have a powerful, powerful sense of identity. And when, when Christ creates this kind of identity in us, Nothing can stop us. How many, of you, how many of you desire to really develop that kind of identity in our lives? Amen? Amen. So identity has to do with being loved, sense of being loved. And then, how do you know that you're loved? How do you know a child, how does a child know that you're loved? Okay? How? Thirdly, what? Through the love bond that you experience, and I call it joy bond. Not James Bond, but <laughs> the, the joy bond. Bond that is characterized by what? Joy. Whoa. Joy becomes so important in a person's ability to grasp what it means to have, have, a, have, a, have a healthy sense of identity. You know? When, can you imagine like being with your friends? Like, can you imagine being your friends and then you hardly get excited to see each other? Well, how many of you being with somebody and then dating and then you fall asleep? <laughs> I don't know, honey. Whenever I meet you, man, I get sleepy. <laughs> it's not joyous. You get so excited. I remember a time when I was dating my wife, you know, my, my, you know, my girlfriend, she was my girlfriend, and then I borrowed a car from somebody. And then that car, I didn't know that speedometer, speedometer was broken. And I was going on the residential area, and I was going so fast because I got what, so excited. When a child is born, child supposed to be born in a place where people around her, the mother and the father and people around them are so what? Joy. joy to the world. The Lord has come. The joy. That's what builds sense of identity. That means when there is no joy, what happens? No identity. You know, when a husband walks into a room, walks into a house, and nobody greets, and, oh, here he comes again. I want to talk about, this really, really fascinates me. People, therefore, spiritual discipline is none other than this. Why? Devotion is important. Spiritual discipline is so important. Why? Because I want us to read it together, okay? This is important. Let's read it together, everybody. 
People need to know who they are, and they need to be frequently reminded of who they are by those who love them. How many times、uh, the wife needs to hear that that you're loved? How many times? Hundred times. Okay, have mercy. <laughs> as much as possible. Why?、Right? How many a child needs to hear that she's loved, he's loved? You know what I mean? And so then, spiritual formation, spiritual has discipline is none other than being reminded that you are loved. We need to be reminded. That we are loved. Why? In this world of chaos, in this world of what, what, with distraction, we so easily forget that what I am a child of God. Amen. We easily forget that. Therefore, we need to be reminded again and again and again and again and again and again. When my wife was sick, maybe she can come up and you know that's why I brought her here. Come up here. Come up here, Joy. And、that's how we make it fun. Come up here. I'm serious. <laughs> If you're not listening to my command, I'm in trouble. <laughs> There was a time when you know my wife and I we were doing you know、uh, the church, planting a church and all that. She she went through a lot.、Um, you know she had a trauma being with a husband who was going 100 miles an hour. I wasn't just satisfied doing church. I was doing everything else. I was crazy. Okay, don't tell anybody else. Okay, I was crazy. I was crazy. I had a breakthrough. But <laughs> anyway, this 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 precious wife, okay, was in a lot of ways traumatized by my zeal and passion for ministry. And there was a time she gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, and then and then her love turned into hate, and you know all that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And even the summertime, I wasn't hot. I was cold. I was like, "Ooh, never know what's gonna happen," you know. But anyway, just kidding. And my wife went to a、uh, New Start program. You remember in Arizona? Can you tell us a little bit about about that? She's prepared, so I'm like, she doesn't have to be.、Yeah. I think that was one of the darkest moment of my life.、Um, in that, you know, I gave so much in the ministry. My husband was going 300 miles an、oh, hour, not 100, 300 miles. I felt like every time when I first married him, I was on a treadmill, just trying to keep up with him. He had so much energy and, and passion, but I had three kids, and I was just trying to support him. And the more I supported him, the faster he went. <laughs> and so this was a dilemma. Anyway, I'm I I grew up. In a child,、uh, in a home where I f- felt like I had to be an adult very soon,、uh, my parents' marriage was not stable, and I felt responsible for their marriage. And so I was like the go-between person, and I had to really take care of my parents and, and felt responsible for their marriage to, to stay together. Anyway, I. S- Took on a role of being a caregiver, taking care of people at a young age. At a young age,、mm-hmm. you know,、uh, I'm talking about seven, eight. I had problems sleeping when I was seven and eight. I was worrying, you know, about my、uh, parents, and you know, they would fight in the car. My mom would walk out in the car, <laughs> you know, when my dad stopped at a red light. And so my world was just very, very、uh, unpredictable. 
and it was very, you know, I was very sad by that. Anyway, I became a caregiver, and then it was, I kind of moved that role into being a pastor's wife, and now I'm taking care of everybody, you know? <laughs> and then she and, became a nurse, too. <laughs> so I'm taking care of, uh, now you see the picture where I really am taking care of people all the time. So I did have a breakdown, terrible breakdown, where I just couldn't do it anymore just couldn't do it and so uh, my husband quit ministry to take care of me and that really showed me that he really valued me because I always felt like I was number two that we didn't matter the ministry was number one that was his love and that we were always trying to support him but when he seriously took uh, that I was sick and he quit ministry to take care of me that really meant something Anyway, I was sick for five years, and my husband was getting impatient because here he is trying to support me, and I was not getting better. Anyway, there's one lady who had breast cancer, and she says, I'm going to a retreat, New Start retreat in Arizona, and I want you to come with me because I'm going to pay all the expenses. I'm like, wow. So I went there, and I don't know if you know uh, Dr. Lee, Isangu. Dr. Sang Lee. Sang Lee, he was there and he would do morning, evening devotions and he, you know, did a lot of <clears throat> word of God. But this lady opened up her home and just loved us. Like if we needed massages, her daughter was there, pedicure, manicure. I mean, just like people just caring for you, loving you, hugging you, praying for you. And it was a whole week of that. And you just come out and you say, wow, I've never been loved so much mm. in every way. And that really was a landmark in my life mm. where I truly felt healed, mm. being so loved. Mm. Was that amazing? I mean, it was just like people just loving her, showering upon her, all the affection that she needed. And then one time we were praying for her healing. And then out of nowhere, there's one like a, you know, Sunday church member, we didn't even know this person, but through someone's connection, this person came with a Camaro, you know, a sports car Camaro, and then it was a cold winter day, she had, a, she had this very expensive, you know, mink, uh, right, cloth, and then she would bring that to her, give it to her, I mean, it was like out of nowhere, people would come and shower their love for my wife, and that's how you know, God was able to restore her and heal her, you see? Yeah. You know, all of us, in, you know, need in our lives, every days of our lives, we need to be in a place where we are loved and where we are cherished, and we need to be reminded that we are a child of God. And then, um, so, so it's really about relationship. How a person develops sense of identity is through relationship, right? Believers grow in our faith through what? Relationship. Wounded people heal in? relationship okay it is that's what's missing in the lives of people unbelievers come to the lord through what relationship but then what kind of relationship are we talking about well i want to emphasize a little bit about this what kind of relationship it is not a superficial kind of you know casual superficial kind of relationship it grows in response to what real joy-filled relationship amen Joy-filled relationship. Yeah, we need to create this joy-filled uh, atmosphere in our lives. And that's what's going to create bonding. If I like somebody, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to smile. I'm going to have a smile on my face, right? You know, and on Father's Day, my, my, my daughters uh, sent me, a, you know, like a little note. And then they were saying, you know, out of all that, I forgot everything. But oh, one thing I remember, Dad, I appreciate you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> your, your sense of humor, you know. 
and my wife still, you know, laugh at my jokes, and I, which I appreciate. I know it takes a lot of energy for her to do that. <laughs> and, and, you know, not a casual, superficial, but what? Real joy-filled relationship. And that's what we need to learn to create, okay? And the, but a real authentic, bonded relationship. I tell you, when people come together for the Journey to Wholeness program, when you take off all the mask and facade and, you know, all the titles and everything, I'm a child of God, I'm, I'm recovering from this, and that and people start talking and sharing it's amazing how much of a sense of bonding that gets created it's amazing one person who's been coming to that journey of wholeness for two months two months as a result of coming to the journey of wholeness she's not even a christian and she started coming to our church and then she said first you know she said hey pastor i want to get baptized you know, people are longing for a sense of bonding and bonding that is characterized by what joy Joy. You see, Satan doesn't want us to have joy, but God wants us to have joy. And when we have joy, it becomes a new foundation for maturity. We don't mature until what? You and I are in that place of being filled with joy. Joy. You see? So I want us to smile this afternoon. We have every reason to be happy. Why? Because God is going to give us so much joy. And then through that joy-filled relationship, we are called to grow. Damaged one can be repelled and stalled maturity can be reestablished when you and I are bonded and then bonded with joy. And then it becomes a, 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 a place of identity uh, for us. Okay? And let's talk a little bit about maturity, moving on, okay? What, what, what is maturity after all, okay? Maturity is, is none other than, okay, it's, we already talked about it, three things. We need to make a choice, and it's His work ultimately. God helps us to grow, and it takes us together for us to grow. But uh, this is what happens. Bonding relationship that is characterized by joy, that gives us an identity, and then that would allow us to what? Mature. You see? That's why our church and our home, if we were to be a place where people grow and be fascinated with life and then enjoy and then have a really strong sense of identity, it has to be characterized by joy. Yeah. You know, huh? you know for us as Christians, to be joyous is our privilege as well as our responsibilities. Amen? Amen. And that's why, you know, we need to, we need to find, we need to allow the Holy Spirit gives us joy. That's why, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, He gives us joy. We're going to talk about that, you know, a couple of days later and as we continue on with this message. And then there are five levels that we grow. We don't have time to talk about everything, but there are five levels of growth that we grow into this maturity. And I want to mention a little bit about it. We start as in what? Infant. Infant. And then you become a child. And then you become an adult. Okay? And then you go through an infantile stage, childhood stage, adulthood stage, and then what? Parent stage, and then elder stage. This has nothing to do with your physical age. We may be old, we may be older, but then we may still be as an what? Infant. Have mercy. Have mercy. Okay? Yeah, and there's an inner child, there's an infant in all of us. And I'm going to talk about what it means to be an infant. And you'll be surprised to realize that, oh, wow, I may still be an infant. 
So for those infants today, uh, next session I may need to bring a passive. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay. So we need to realize where we are developmentally. Okay. And then um, from being being an infant to an, you know after being an elder, it is a movement from what from being immature to mature, immaturity to maturity. So so in connection with my title is that where would be the place of breakdown lies? Here or there? Immaturity is a place of breakdown. And then place of breakthrough is a place of what? Maturity. That's why we better be interested in being mature in the Lord. Why? Because it's going to enable us to move from childish way of life to an adult way of life and then to, to a point where we take care of the community and, and so forth and so forth. Age has nothing to do with it. Age has nothing to do with it. We may be an adult age and yet we may still be an infant. And I'm coming to realize there are many, many infants in the church. And that's why there's a lot of dramas being created. You know what I mean? Yeah, dramas are created by those who are immature, right? And then what's interesting is that I need infants in my life. I need child in my life in order for me to grow because it's mutually beneficial. That's where church is. We need to have all different kinds of people going through different stages of maturity because we need each other to help us to grow. You know what I mean? And so we are all contributing to one another, but it doesn't mean that you have to stay as an infant, okay? One more thing I want to say. Do you think that being an elder is more valuable than being an infant? Why? Why is not? Why, why is that? So, so, so your value is irrespective of, of your level of maturity. Amen? Amen. That's so important. No matter how much of an immaturity that you may have to deal with, you're still valuable to God intrinsically. Amen? And that is so important. That is so important. How many of you recognize that I can be so immature in certain ways? Oh, none of you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's move on and talk about it. All of us are immature one way or the other. So that, that's why the Bible says that my immaturity must make our relationship with you become the source of pain and struggle. And that's why the Bible says suffer one another. <laughs> suffer one another. I'm sure my wife has to suffer quite a bit because, because of who I am. See, I grew up as PK, perfect kids, right? I, I didn't realize that I was broken until I got married, you know? And then I, I thought that it was all coming from her. <laughs> but little did I know that I had a lot of brokenness to deal with. Man, so much brokenness. And then we have to be aware where we are developmentally. But you know what? Whether I'm an infant or an adult, it doesn't matter because everyone has to start from somewhere. Right? Right, we start from somewhere. But you know what? All of us start as a child anyway. So we're going to talk more about that. So let's talk about infant stage. 
Look at the father gazing at the son. Is there so much joy? Is there so much affection? Is the way you look at your wife and your husband? Is the way you look at your children? That's the way I need to look at my, my church members too. You know? Yeah. And then infantile stage is a receiving stage. It's a receiving stage. But some people love to receive so much, they extend that infantile stage for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and then it becomes a problem, right? But let's talk about that. You need unconditional love, seeing an infant in the same way God sees him or her, right? Yeah. That's what unconditional love is all about, seeing people the way that God would see them. And then to be cared, they have a dependency need, so they are cared. Right? To be fed, to be hugged, comforted, rocked to sleep, training and discipline, safety and comfort, and joy development as a normal state of being. So joy gets developed right here. How? This is very important. Child, infant, doesn't have a regulated joy. In other words, child's emotion is up and down. It's irregular, irregular. It is not manageable, right? It is not controlled. While the joy provider, the caretaker, as a mother and father, needs to have a regulated sense of joy, so much so that the child can return to joy from every unpleasant emotions. You know what I mean? So it is so important for a mother to have a regulated sense of joy. Yeah? Mm. Mm. Not a thermostat, but the what? Thermometer. You know what I mean? Thermostat is like, but thermometer is the one that controls the atmosphere, the emotion. And so then, the, when, when the mature one being able to care for the infant in such a way that he or she is operating from a place of regularity, then that's how the child finds regularity in their emotion. Isn't that amazing? Child gets angry and crying and all that, and then, by the way, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Instead of, don't be mad. Don't cry. You know, okay? You make me, you make me mad. And then mom and child, you know, going through this. Mom is calm, you know, hey, 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 hey. Daughter is like freaking out, and you know, flower girl is not coming, it's a waiting day, and then, you know, all that is going on, and daughter is going crazy, and the mom is like, hey, 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 hey. everything's gonna be all right, just calm down, you know. You know, even without a flower girl, you are the flower, you know. <laughs> Being, having the having the ability to regulate your emotion. It's so important. And that's what Holy Spirit gives us. Amen? Instead of being so antsy and, you know, and then become so uh, insecure about things. And then that's how you develop trust, by being cared, by being nurtured in a way that child needs. It's such an important stage. And then it's a place where you create joy bond, time, touch, togetherness, you know, and all that's going on. What if you're not cared enough? Okay? I'm going to just end with this and then we're going to share some more things. What if you're not cared enough? 
It's called developmental breakdown, get stuck in our infantile stage, remain as an infant developmentally for a long, long time. And I'm going to talk about when infant married an infant. Have mercy. Have mercy. There's going to be a lot of dramas going on. They're not going to be able to communicate with each other, right? Infants cannot communicate. So all they can do is just like throw a temper tantrum. And so let's take a look at this. It's called adult infants. It's called adult infants, okay? We all have that. Take a look at this. So always be needy as adults. Always be needy as adults. And so when you're always needy, would you have a, will you have a possibility of being overly sensitive? Overly sensitive, right? And have issues about everything, right? And then not able to take care of themselves emotionally. And so if I'm not well taken care of, whose fault? Somebody else's fault. It's not my fault because, you know, I'm a woman. I need to be taken care of, right? I'm a husband. I need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, expect others to take care of self. You put that expectation on other people, even without what? Saying it. It's an unverbalized, non-verbalized expectation. You put that on your husband, on your wife, on your children, even you that on your children. You, you get them, you know, you expect things from them. It's not expressed. Non-verbal expectation is too high. Why? Infants doesn't know how to communicate, right? You do it non-verbally, right? And so how do I know that I'm an infant? Let's continue. Not able to ask what they need. <laughs> you have a hard time asking what you need. Then where are you? Where are you? More than a nice person, you are what? Infant. infant. Adult infant. Adult infant. We have a growing up to do. Thank God that God loves the little children. Amen? Amen. And the good news is that when you're born again, the reason why we need to be born again is because there's something wrong with our birth. We're, we're an infant. We're stuck in our childhood. And that's why we need to be born again as a child. And so there's a way that we can relive our lives again in Christ. Okay? That's the message that is coming up. And I get so excited about that. Adult infant cannot handle criticism. If someone tells you something... Instead of saying, oh, you know what, it hurts me, but, but you, what you're saying is true. I'm going to try my best to follow it, but you, 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 you end up having issues with that person. How dare you disagree with me? How dare you criticize me? You cannot handle criticism. Without being able to handle criticism, we cannot grow as people, right? When I first got married, you know, my wife, uh, you know, out of her love for me, whenever I preach a sermon, she would give me 10 pointers. So you got to fix this, fix that, fix that. My low sense of self, it really didn't allow me to accept. I was, I was an infant in that way. I couldn't handle criticism, especially coming from my wife. Especially when I felt like I was a failure. Then I, I could not handle her criticism. It was until sometimes later, God really helped me to be bigger. God allowed me to embrace the super ego of Jesus <laughs> through the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know what? What you said is true. 
I appreciate your criticism. And then I began to allow that to help me to grow. Man, that was not easy. That was painful. I was like crying inside. I was looking for my mother. Where is my mom? Why did she die so early? <laughs> If you find yourself having a hard time dealing with someone's criticism, you know where we are. Then you know what? Without being able to embrace criticism, we're not going to learn anything. We're not going to learn. We're not going to grow. And that's a big problem. And then, valid constructive feedback as negative personal attack. You take it personal. Possessive of relationship. Fear bonding to in, in, you know, ensure others will stay bonded. So you, 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 allow, your, 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 your allow yourself to be uh, bonded by fear. In other words, like you, know what? you can't say anything out of fear. Because fear that this person may not like you or may abandon you. So instead of joy bond dictates your relationship, but it's a fear that dictates us. And therefore, there is no freedom in relationship. There is no intimacy in relationship. This is interesting. Adult infants could be highly functioning but crippled emotionally. And then adult infant can never develop a healthy intimacy in the long run, it always gets disrupted and then cut off in relationship. Difficult for them to have successful and enduring relationship. Why? Because you're dictated by fear, not out of love, not out of security. There's a lot of insecurity going on. How many of us uh, have a hard time saying what you need to say uh, by setting boundaries, by saying what you need in terms of you know, expressing your needs and so forth. How many of you struggle with that in your life? Struggle that with your life. And so one of the important characteristics of these adult infants is that adult infants have an issue with communication. Because you feel that if you talk about some vulnerable stuff, You know, feel that you may not dislike and all those things. So, so to be able to move away from being an adult infant, we need to learn how to what? Communicate. Number one, communicate what I need. What I need. You know what I mean? For a long time, my wife kind of suppressed all those things within, right? Because out of like what? Out of like desire to make me happy, support me in ministry and so forth. As we grow older in our relationship, you know, she learned to vocalize, she learns to communicate. Now she tells me what she needs. Amen? Amen? And now exactly know, you know, what, where she's coming from, you know? Of course, the timing is an issue where, like, I want to bring that about. And so we're talking and sharing. And I had a hard time, like, telling my church member telling other people that my wife needs to rest, let's, so to speak, and then they want to come over, and then I had a hard time telling them, you know what, um, I, am <laughs> I had a hard time telling them not to come. You know? I was like, ah, well, you know, sure, sure, you can come over. <laughs> 
I had a hard time. I, I, I did not know how to protect my wife. I didn't know how to protect my family because, because I found myself wanting to please people, make others happy. And then that is driven out of what? Driven out of fear. Fear. And so we need to learn to communicate ourselves, communicate our needs, communicate our wants, communicate our desires. We need to learn to be able to handle criticism well. You know what? Let's move on to, we don't have, are we done with it? Oh, we're done with it. Okay. Any questions before we move on? Any questions? Anything that conjure up in your mind that, hey, uh, Uh, <laughs> okay, you know what, you know what, <laughs> you know what, don't, yeah, check, 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 you know what, almost 100% of us have an infant child within us, there's a child within us, and then while there's a child, not only there's a child within us, we are acting and we are behaving, we're thinking, we're, we're you know, we are behaving the way we do out of that child. The child is actually the one that controls over everything, but it is all done in an unconscious level. And so, for you to be aware of it, guess what? You're no longer an adult infant. <laughs> for you to be aware of it, and that's the beginning point, where we begin to look at yourself as if you're looking at the third person. And then, What's important is instead of like looking your adult infant down, you know, thinking that, hey, you have a lot of maturing to do. No wonder you are a problem, source of problem and all that. But you need to learn to love yourself. Why? Because adult infant has a lacking in your life. There's a lacking in your life. There's a nurturing that needs to be done. Right? And so then, adult infant, when you realize who you are as, as a child growing and then, you know, in the development state, and then you come to realize that, you know what, I need to find ways to love myself, nurture myself, grow myself, and care for myself in a way that I need to pay attention to my needs. And secondly, and secondly, I need to let other people around me to help me to be nurtured. That's important. Yeah. And so, so then you create an ally in your life. Instead of being so need-driven, but you become really open and honest and real about yourself you know, in such a way that as you embrace who you are and you say, hey, I need help in this area. I need help in that area. Hey, it may take some time. You know what I mean? What happened is that when adult infant moving into a relationship, adult infant moving into a relationship with unrealistic expectations. I think my wife was also an adult infant too. Maybe I was too. Because it is usually... If I'm stuck as an infant, I'm likely to miss somebody who is an infant too. <laughs> Not always. So when my wife moves into a relationship, it looks like she has a lot of things to say, Joel. I don't want to stop you. We attract those that we're in. Similarly. Yeah. 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 We're like a magnet. <laughs> magnet. And so when my wife married me, she married me with a hope 
that you know what? I finally found this FOB Korean man. You know what FOB means? Fresh off the boat. <laughs> she thought that she met, she found this FOB Korean man. And so when I was off of the boat, I was like going like this oh, for a long time, but just kidding. And my wife thought that I finally met a man who could meet all of my unmet needs of the childhood. Little did I know that I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a wedding day, on a wedding day, she said, will you love this woman, cherish this woman, in sickness and in health, and before my father finished the sentence, I do. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> but then obviously she utterly, utterly disappointed by me. When she was finally utterly disappointed by me, I was disappointed too because, because you know how that works. I thought I could meet all of her. Of course, I'm a, like a you know, superman. <laughs> Meeting your needs, no problem. But oh Lord. I said what she needed from me was a heart that comes from a pure heart. You know what I mean? Because my wife had a way of knowing whether it's coming from pure heart or impure heart. My wife knew. Whoa. Like she had this prophetic like eyesight. <laughs> yeah, blue, right? Yeah. And so she was utterly disappointed by me. I was utterly, you know, burdened and disappointed. There's no way I can meet her needs. And we all had to go to God and start all over. But you know what? Whenever my wife brings up this adult infant symptoms. I need to be there to what? You know the rest. I need to be there to caress her. Hey, honey, it's okay. Come, come here, honey. Come here, it's okay. It's not the judgment. It's not the shame. Believe me, there was a time I shamed my wife. I knew how to shame people. We all know how to shame people, right? Why? Because all of us are shame-based, so we know how to shame people. We get our shame out on people. But I've learned over the years in my marriage relationship with my wife, I treasure her so much knowing that all of us have inner child within us. My father... He, even though he was a mighty, he looks like a mighty man. He's not like me. He's tall, mighty, black glass. He looks fearsome, authority, full of authority and everything. He's like a manly kind of guy, you know. But, but boy, whenever he gets sick, he acting like a little kid. He's like, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. So, and then my mom used to be like, you know, your dad, whenever he gets sick, he's like a little kid. I almost need to breastfeed him, just kidding. You know? <laughs> my point, my point is that all of us are infants, not just you. And therefore, welcome to the <laughs> word of inner child. We love you. Oh, you. We love you the way you are or you're trying to hide that if you because I think uh, as a person we might want to hide that oh I'm an infant 
but you said it. But yes. then when you said it, you broke the yeah. chain. Shame is gone. Shame is gone mm-hmm. by saying it because mm-hmm. shame only grows in a petri dish of secrecy. And, and that's really, but when you say, I've been abused, and you talk about it, there's no more shame. Mm. Yeah, but it, shame Amen. grows in secrecy. Yes. And silence. And yes. silence. So, so just the fact you said it, that means you just grew. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's, let's give her a big hand. Let's give her a big hand. And there's so much relief and freedom in a place of non-judgment. And like Jules said, you cannot grieve by yourself. You need the presence of the other person. Shame can best deal with in a presence of someone else in your life. When you're open to the other person, shame is gone, like Jules says. Guilt is the same thing. That's why, you know, You find breakthrough where? In a place of being an adult child, adult infant, right there. Tomorrow we're going to talk about being an adult adult child and how that looked like. And then there's a whole new line of uh, messages coming on. And then uh, third third, uh, third day we're going to talk about our identity in the Holy Spirit and all that. And then you know what? You come to God and say, Lord, I'm a child. And then you say, oh, no, 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 I'm not even a child. I'm an infant, Lord. I cannot, held, I cannot held, handle the hard food, solid food. I, cannot, I can only handle milk. I cannot handle criticism as of yet. And I'm fragile. I'm broken. I am needy, Lord. That's much more powerful prayer than, Lord, make me mighty. You know, I want to serve you. No. You know, sometimes we get into these SDA jargons and then, you know what I mean? Righteousness and all those stuff. Words are great. But sometimes we just have to be real with who we are and how fragile we are. And you know what? The greatest, the only thing that we can bring to God is our fragileness, is our brokenness, is our immaturity. That's the only thing we can bring to God. Amen? Amen. And we need to find security and blessing from it. Okay, I have, I have uh, time to uh, one or two questions and we'll end. I was just thinking about how listening requires self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And we can't listen to another mm-hmm. above a level that we have grown ourselves. Mm, isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? The more you learn to listen, the more I've been able to listen to my wife in a way that I would allow her to teach me, the more I become the bigger man that God wants, us to me, wants me to be. I find myself getting bigger and bigger, not in size, but you know what I mean? I wish this way, but <laughs> the, more I, the more I listen to people, the more I humble myself before people, and then, in, you know, it's much easier to allow God to teach me directly, but it's quite another to allow my wife and my children to teach me, other people in my life to teach me. I need to be teachable. I need to learn to communicate. I need to learn to, so I want to think about, I want you to think about, this is a homework. When you go home, I want you to think about your needs. What are your needs? 
And then I want you to write down, I want you to verbalize your needs in writing. Any, any, in any means, yes, spiritual, physical, emotional, okay? Talk about your needs. And then next time we meet, if you, someone can open up and talk about it, that'll be wonderful, okay? One more question. We just have time for one more question. Anybody? Any feedback from today's class? Yeah. Is it appropriate or how would you tell somebody they're in the infant stage? Ah. That's tricky. <laughs> hey, you should have come to the Dr. Um's lecture. Man, those 11 characteristics describe just about you. <laughs> um, not that you are, not that you are. It is important for us to have a discernment and awareness and in that not to use it against, not to use it as a yeah, put down or whatnot. And then you start praying to God, Lord, how do I communicate? How do I, you know, how do I meet, learn to meet this person's need without making this person dependent on you? You know what I'm saying? Forever. <laughs> Forever. You know, like if we are in a, I'll get to it. We're in a, like a, a Korean-American families. Kids who grew up in a Korean-American family, they grew up with this like a dichotomous personality in that on one hand, they choose to be American when it comes to exerting their rights and wants and desires, you know. And then on the other hand, they want to remain as Korean when it comes to, you know, getting the benefits from parents forever. That's what Korean parents do. Until they die, they support the kids. And so we got to empower, not to enable. Mm. And that's two different things. And that means we need wisdom. There are certain things, like, like what my wife did. She, one, you know, when she realized that I could not meet her needs and so forth, and then you know, she realized I needed to go to God to resolve my issues with God and so forth, and she kicked me in the pants. I still like, have a bruise here, but <laughs> not literally. Figuratively speaking, she just kicked me in the pen. Hey, you got to go to God for that. And then I kick her in the pen. You got to go to God with that. So there are certain things you need to let them deal with God and deal with their own resources and whatnot. You need to let them own their lives, right? That's how you become an adult. We're going to talk about that. But then there are certain things that you need to grace them because growing up takes time. And then it is my prayer that your relationship with that person that you're talking about would be the redeeming time, you know? And then, again, the blessing is that while you learn to deal with the person in such a way that you would help this person to grow and so forth, it will help you to grow as well. Mm -hmm. And it is... Helping someone to realize their own state of being is something that, that the Holy Spirit can only help them to realize. So then you need to get God to do the work for this person. Yeah. yeah. Joel, you have something to share. You see, my wife has a lot to share. Sometimes I feel really bad because I give people unsolicited uh, 
unsolicited information like when they're not ready because I I see them struggling and I want to give them advice but if they didn't ask for it then I go home and I feel really bad because what happens is that I'm not accepting that person also what I want to say is I can only change myself that's what I come and sometimes looking at other people's faults can be a distraction for me to not focus on me and what I need to do I'm busy looking at other people and yet not finding time to work on me. And am I enabling that person? Because some kind, sometimes a relationship, if you're doing some kind of dance that is enabling them, then you're, it takes two to tango. So if you say, what am I doing that's enabling this person to be this way? And then it only takes one person to change. And when you stop doing the dance, you're changing the whole dynamic of the family. Mm. So, yeah, mm -hmm. because when you yeah, set boundaries and you change, they can't do the dance anymore because you did it together. <laughs> but when you change, your whole family changes. And you guys are so powerful because it only takes you to change the family, just one person. And so, Amen. you guys are awesome. <laughs> Amen. Amen. One more thing I want to say in closing. Infant doesn't know how to communicate. So they use temper tantrum, they use manipulation, you know what I mean? By crying and all that stuff going on. So just like the same way, adult infant do not know how to communicate his or her needs and whatever the things that needs to be communicated. So then you ended up throwing temp temper tantrum, you know? Something in the nature of what? Nature of like uh, complaining. Complaining is not communication. You see? And then being silent and then having a silent treatment or, you know, being so having this like uh, really unhealthy kind of attitude and worked, uh, idea, you know, having, you know, this kind of showing attitude, passive aggressive, all of this manipulative tactic is not necessary for the adults if you know how to communicate. You see? Because, because we develop all kinds of nonverbal way to communicate, which is really not a communication, and which only enable us to remain as an infant. And so, we need to learn to communicate. And that's a big thing that I'm learning from this class, okay? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we can only, we can only bring you our weaknesses. We can only bring you our vulnerabilities, Lord. Uh, we can only bring you our lackings and wants and desires, some, some things that we cannot even verbalize. And uh, we bring our infantile stays before you, Lord. But we're so thankful that we don't have to be shamed. We don't have to be guilty. We could just can be who we are before God and uh, help us to create a, a place of safety and security as we continue to share and grow together. May you and Holy Spirit give us the breakthrough that we very much desire to have in all of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.